0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Morning Devotion. You, you are what makes this time each and every weekday, 7 a.m. Central. You make this special. Thank you for rallying around this, sharing this with others, and just saying this is a good time and this is a good season to join with people of like precious faith, encourage one another, grow strong together, and see some good things happening. Amen. So good morning to each of you, Connie and Corey and Bill and Lucy. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this and uh, had a wonderful evening yesterday evening, celebrating the launch of the First Church Worship album and In the title song, Oh, Mine on Earth as it is in Heaven, from the book on prayer. What a motivation. What a motivation for this year. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this rallying around. Let's put God first, even in this season. Today, Thursday, November 19th. How close are we? Closer than we imagine. Amen. Amen. Two days ago, I began the discussion on the remnant. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's going to clarify, and I'm going to be building on it in the days, weeks, months ahead, the Lord willing. Maybe it will help you understand where we are and to process what's happening. We need to process. Oh, my. We need to process a lot. Yeah. It's an interesting word. We're trying to process this. And uh I, I just believe as you and I share this with others and just loop people into this, it gives more processing power that we're able to process this, pray our way through this, feel our way through this. We're trying to process this. We're finding it difficult, though, if not impossible, because these are these are as I, I really don't like this word anymore, unprecedented times. We live through a season that people are justifiably concerned. A sickness appeared that nobody had experience with. Many people infected, gargantuan efforts to find vaccines, and they appear to be soon forthcoming. But we've been in shutdown, social distancing, mass, the economy's tank, budget deficits through the roof, and yeah, the cancel culture then hit. Oh, boy, did it hit. Cancel free speech. Cancel people who hold differing views. Cancel those individuals that uh, that just want to get together and lift up Jesus. Yeah, cancel Easter. Now they want to cancel Thanksgiving. Cancel Christmas. Select industries called essential. Churches called non-essential. Worship restricted while other things, liquor stores and all sorts of things, remaining open. Fear, anger, divisions, uprisings, unprecedented. We need to process this. What does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, How can we process what we're going through? I just believe it means we're closer than we can imagine. We see through a glass darkly and the future remains murky and the prophets amongst us are seeing contrary things. On the one hand, uh, they're saying darkness, darkness. The sickness is taking off again. Shutdowns are beginning again. But on the other hand, light, a light at the end of the tunnel, they're saying the hope of the vaccines and all of this. And there's good things happening in the midst of all this. But I, I do believe that we're beginning to see things more clearly. And here's two things that I know. First, God is up to something. I believe that with all my heart. I'll speak a little later today about it and probably all day tomorrow about it. Yeah. Today, let me just say, God is uncovering, God is revealing who and what his people are in this day. We are remnant. We are survivors who bring the renewal of the restoration, and the great awakening. I believe that with all of my heart. That's a theme you're going to hear me say again and again in the day. So first, God's up to something. And second, the enemy is up to something. We're going to discuss that in greater detail today. And then how we move in response. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today in so little time. Thank you for being a part of this, Kathy, Karen, Brenda, Three, I just saw three Karens go by in a row. That's got to be a record. Uh, share the page, like the page, follow the page, and let's see what God has. I, I'm going to have to put on the tinfoil hat here. That's what some would think. How close are we to the end of it all? You may have heard the phrase over the summer by one political campaign, build back better. You thought that's hard to say. But do you know that phrase is coined and used for the last few years by globalists? The idea that an existential threat faces mankind. They say that's global climate change and that extraordinary efforts should be done to confront it. And that caused the Kyoto Protocol and uh, where they're going to reduce greenhouse emissions in the Paris Accord. And the thinking is, if the world will just abandon fossil fuels, um, if we don't, we will be no more. And I, I, I don't think reducing greenhouse emissions can hurt. In fact, our nation's been doing that at record levels with energy independence, fracking, shifting to natural gas. Everybody wants a clean environment. That's good. But you don't understand, that's not enough. There's got to be a fight in all this. We must fight and defeat anybody that opposes it. Some have noted that climate change is the new world religion to protect Mother Earth. And the god of this religion, hear me carefully, is science. Science says this, therefore we must obey. And the evangelists for this new religion are at work because they see in this pandemic the opportunity to convert the masses. How close are we? I believe it's closer than we can imagine. I grew up hearing about the mark of the beast. Did you? did you? I grew up at the apex of the Cold War. We practiced hiding under our desk in case of a nuclear holocaust. We watched those with means buy and build bomb shelters in their backyard. We were told that the invasion of Marxism was coming. Communism with Antichrist at the head would mark us. We would have to choose, either choose Jesus or be executed. That's the environment in which I was raised. In the 70s, we were told again and again and again the technology was there for the mark of the beast to happen. You see, in the previous decade, the 60s, the microchip had been invented. It was the key technical piece that started the technical revolution and the space race and put man on the moon. And we were told then that because of the microchips, again and again and again, we were told that the mark of the beast is here, And that it was now possible to put a chip under the skin. You could neither buy nor sell. And we heard of a world market. We heard of the rise of the European common market and the European Union. Is anybody else out there remembering all this? Debbie and Yolanda and Deborah and Carrie. We were told the mighty Roman Empire had come back. Yeah. But even then, even then, I, I struggled with that because I knew there had to be a reason There had to be a reason for the whole world to look to this as a solution. There had to be something so fundamental, something so unifying that the people around the world would willingly accept this. It could not. It would not come as a bolt out of the blue sky. It had to come from somewhere. Great and massive changes, hear me carefully, never come through the front door. They always come through the side door. No one paid much attention to the annual meeting of the World Economic uh, Forum, that four-day conference held each year in Davos, Switzerland. It's where the who's who of the zillionaires gather. No no other event in the world has gained so much glamour. Anywhere from 1,200 to 1,500 private jets are it's just funny. Are going to fly their attendees to that conference. And while they talk about climate change and greenhouse emissions, I'm, I'm sorry. I just find that funny. Each year, this group generates either admiration or ridicule. But this year, the plan meeting has been postponed. It's postponed now from January 2021 and uh, to May 2021 in Lucerne, Switzerland. The theme this year is going to be the great reset. And the interest level is extremely high. You read about yourself. They're not being coy. They're not hiding this. It's not really a conspiracy theory if they admit what they're doing. The founder of the World Economic Forum says, and he wrote a book about it in the summer, he says, and I quote, we have one planet we know that climate change could be. Could be the next global disaster, so we have to decarbonize the economy in the short window still remaining, and then bring our thinking and behavior into harmony with nature. Yeah, that's what he said. The Prince of Wales, speaking of our, uh, is speaking of evolving our economic model. And the lessons to learn from this crisis is that we need to put nature at the heart of how we operate. Secretary General of the United Nations recently said the Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy, speaking of the pandemic, must be a wake-up call. And then he argues that economies and societies must be more resilient in the face of this pandemic and... Yeah. Climate change. You get the picture. The upper echelon of the world of global corporations. Name them. They're a part of this. Key representatives from governments, the richest of the rich. They're coming together next May for a twin summit they call the Great reset they're going to set up digital centers 400 cities around the world that they hope to attract millions of young people they will call global shapers they want to mobilize millions that they can reshape all this world and the institutions the great reset the head of the world economic forum klaus schwab recently said One silver lining of the pandemic is that it has shown how quickly we can make radical changes. They believe they have found not just a silver lining. They have found the silver bullet to end capitalism, the law of the harvest, to end nationalism. And that silver bullet is the pandemic. I believe that a one world government is closer now than we've ever been before. Nationalism is mocked and ridiculed by the so-called enlightened ones. That's why the flag is viewed with a jaundiced eye by some. It's a symbol of national pride. People should not be proud of their countries. They should be children of the world. How close are we to a one world system? We are closer than any of us can even imagine. I'm not the first, nor will I be the last to say such things. It's just been on my mind lately. I think of the late Irvin Baxter, who was lost to us earlier this month. He built his ministry loving God, loving the word, loving the apostles, doctrine. Believe the word of God was interpretive of the day. In which we now find ourselves. He tried to determine how the last of the last days would unfold. He was a watchman on the wall, trying to make sense of what he was seeing happening from a biblical perspective and what he saw. He never claimed to be 100% accurate with what he shared. He was, after all, looking through a glass darkly, but he tried to make sense of that. And I admired him for it and I honored him for it, as did so many others, and that he died and he passed from this life on Tuesday, November 3rd, when the election day took place. I'm sure some would say it was just coincidental, and I I just don't know if I believe in coincidence. I believe in providence, and I believe that. I believe that his passing was just another indicator that the days that he saw coming now are that globalism and a one-world system, it's back with a vengeance. Climate change and pandemic now merge under the worship of science, and the modern irreligious world is awaiting their great reset. You hear me carefully. It's here. I believe the missing reason, the omitted rationale, For a one-world economy with the mark of the beast, it has now begun to appear. It's more tyrannical than anybody ever imagined. The global elite will try to carve up this pie. This has encouraged the global technocrats. Do you know one of the promotions right now, the World Economic Forum? You can look this up. It's not conspiracy. It's out there. One of their promotions to young people, welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no prophecy, and life has never been better. You see, what people want now is to go back to normal. But if the global elites have their way, there will never again be a normal. Schwab is clear in his writing his latest book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, that in the midst of chaos, great strides are going to be taken. He wants to introduce a new world order. He calls it the fourth industrial revolution. It will be the merger of capitalism and socialism, the merger of private and public sectors, the redistribution of wealth, the rise of strong centralized government. Folks, we are there. What they were talking about in the last millennium, we are on the edge of seeing that one world order take place. The global elites are determining what they call, here's what they call it, the way ahead. It's basically identifying what the same page is. They are all getting on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, if you're an offending nation, offending institution, offending people, well, offending church, an offending believer, then you'll be silenced, canceled, marginalized at best. How close are we? to a one world tyrannical system we're closer than you can imagine. The Antichrist described 32 times in the book of Revelation. He's described as a beast Our Lord is described as a lamb, but Antichrist is described as a beast, vicious, cruel, rising out of the sea, referencing Gentile nations, ten horns, seven heads, symbolizing world powers. It was Daniel who saw that rejuvenation of the ten-toed Roman Empire, that final Gentile world power, will be led by the Antichrist who will blaspheme, use might and power to control the world, and his mark will be necessary to buy or sell. He's animated by none other than Satan, the dragon, and will prompt all to worship the dragon. And Satan will finally get what he's wanted, worship, the Antichrist. Anti can mean opposed to Christ or anti instead of Christ. And that's the problem, isn't it? The world will choose anything instead of Jesus Christ, even a beast, even a dragon they would choose a beast over a lamb. How close are we? We are closer than you and I can imagine. But I can't leave you on that note because there's something else that you and I need to understand. We need to grasp this. That increased activity in this one world realm, it tells us something. The enemy know something. Oh, yes, he does. In Revelation, it says the enemy knows his time is short. He's got to hurry. He's got to make haste. For just as surely as Satan grows ever busier, the kingdom of heaven is already on the move. This didn't catch God by surprise. Heaven's got one final awakening in store. And judging by all of the activity we're seeing in this one world order, I'd say it's closer than you and I can imagine. It's largely a forgotten set of prophecies, especially during the season. That we are now living in an age prophesied a century ago. Can I just lift one of those prophecies that you're hearing? A man named Harvey Shearer came to this city in Houston, 1907. Started preaching in an old Market Square area downtown. 1909, he attended D.C.O. Opperman's School of the Prophets in downtown Houston. While while he was in Houston, he had a vision one night. He was looking out into the night sky, and he had a vision of heaven. He saw angels around Jesus, and they were animated. They were enthused. One of the angels left the throne and hurriedly raced over to a desk where a large book rested. And Harvey Sherr said, the angel started writing something in the book, then reached down and picked up an armful of bundles. And all of a sudden, Sherr was back in Houston, and he saw that angel coming out of the sky with the bundles in his arms. He said, as the angel came down, bundles started falling out of his arms, and everywhere they hit, great fires broke out, legions of the enemy raced from the side. Harvey Sher concluded that what he saw was a heaven-sent revival at the end of all time. In the angel's arms were jewels and gifts of the Spirit, and when the revival fire broke out, the enemy had to flee. He had this vision in Houston and said it would set the whole world on fire with the gospel. He and others believe that with all of their heart, that you and I are now living in this prophesied time, this time of great awakening, this time of great outpouring. I love that poem in the inner realm of heaven above. We're all discussed with perfect love. He longs to give what we yearn for ourselves, but blessings lay unclaimed on hundreds of shelves. I think, I think we are nearer than we can imagine closer than we think to not only the rise of the Antichrist, but to the return of Jesus Christ and that final awakening that this world is going to see. We've got to process this. We've got to wrap our hearts and minds around this. I do agree with the Globus on this one thing. I don't believe normal will ever be obtainable in the future. I believe there is a sense that the enemy realizes that going back to normal will cause him to lose ground, so he must keep everything abnormal. And so it's time for the church to get abnormal, supernormal, extraordinary, to step out beyond our comfort zones, to stir ourselves, because now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It's time for you and me to rise up and to go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. The grains of sand are almost fallen through the hourglass of time. We are at midnight. What we do, we must do quickly. I hear the cry of midnight. Prodigals, it's time for them to come home. It's time for your family to be saved. It's time for your city to be reached. It's time for the lost to be gathered in. We are in that time. We are in that season. This is your day, folks. This is my day. Let's process this. Let's process where we are on God's time clock. Where we are is the rise of the beast and a one world system. Where we are, we are at the precipice of the coming of the Lord. But in between those two things, one awakening, one amazing awakening to see the last great day harvest. How close are we? We're closer than we can imagine. Thank you, LaWanda, Victor, Patricia, Everett, Glenn. Thank you for being a part of this. Would you share this? Share this with others. I want to rally as many people as we can to begin to process and pray. We are the remnant. We have a job to do. We must restore what God wants restored in this world. Thank you for being a part of this. Share this with someone else. Leave your prayer request out to the side. And may God be with you all day today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.